Motherboard, proudly brought to you by Lidl's Loopy Loop, the new and extended baby range. Hello, I'm Avril Flynn and you're very welcome to the Motherboard podcast. This podcast series will feature real mums talking about the beautiful but often hard work of raising children today. So joining me in studio, I have a fantastic panel. So we've Love Life and Little Ones blogger and mum of four, Laura Doyle, founder of DublinCityMum.ie and mum of two, Avril White. And last but certainly not least, we are joined by leading neurological developmental therapist. I got it out in one. I'm quite proud of myself over that. (laughs) And founder of the wonderful Cogni Kids um, and mum of two, Alwyn Moran. So you're all very welcome today, ladies. So today we're talking about a really relevant topic. I know it's something that's on my mind and for everyone listening at home, kids and screens. Um, I suppose in our modern day, they're everywhere, aren't they? I mean, I don't know anyone that doesn't have a phone. I know maybe a couple of people who have like an old Nokia. But other than that, (laughs) most people have smartphones and most kids... Um, with the best will in the world, have access to some screens or, and I think it's the mixed messages. Avril, what Mm. do you think? You know, kids and screens. Yeah, like I don't want this to be another stick to beat mothers with. And I agree. Um, I think what we really need is clear guidance and legislation determining what's harmful and what's not because there's so much misinformation out there Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people giving conflicting advice so it's really hard to tell what's right and wrong. I mean for me certainly TV was an absolute godsend when my second baby was born it became my babysitter for an hour or two in the morning when I was trying to establish breastfeeding and it was completely chaotic and we're totally sleep deprived so there are moments when it is really helpful and beneficial and if it's TV, it's, you know, it's not as aggressive, I suppose, as screen time. It's a little less passive or more passive, sorry. So it's, I don't think it's as harmful. I'm not quite sure about that. Maybe we can get some advice on that. I mean, basically, children are exceptionally social human beings. They need interaction. So as long as there is a balance between a little bit of TV and lots of social play to develop their little brains through imaginative play and stuff like that, I think it's fine. But I'm not the expert, so it'd be really great to get some advice on that today. Yeah, well, I just step in there. So (laughs) Um, there would be a distinction between the types of screens. You're right. Uh, So like the TV screens are different to a screen device. So um, like an iPhone or an iPad, um, they would not be as good in any way, shape or form. And there would be advice. So from, say, the likes of the American Pediatric Association, the Australian Pediatric Association and so on, that would suggest that you actually don't give your child access to a screened device Mm -hmm. between the ages of zero and two. Um, okay, so before the yeah. age of two, yeah. it's none. it's a, it's none whatsoever. None. Okay. And that's really interesting because a lot of people aren't going to be aware of that. No, all no. exactly. And believe it or not, here's a shocking stat coming up. Uh, 90% of six-month-old babies have access to a screen device. That's um, the American, like, info from the American Pediatric Association. So right. that's, that's crazy because I have a nearly six month old and unless he's hiding it underneath um, his cot, he does not have access to yeah. a tablet, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. But you no. know, he is very advanced. So I think, perhaps well, you know, he's I think that can easily happen as well when they've got siblings. So yeah. my three youngest very true, are, absolutely. are all four point. and under. So definitely my 15 month old, like she'd be able to unlock my phone, go through my phone. But really the only way she knows the phone is from her sisters giving it to mm. her or showing her or because yeah. they're on screens. So I think definitely like my nine year old, he wouldn't have been around much screens when he was small but yeah. definitely now my youngest of four she can work her way through an, an iPhone. And yeah. Laura do you think there's an element as well of peer pressure you know amongst kids themselves? Definitely. You know if it's it's very difficult I think to be um, 
you know, the parent that says no whenever all the other parents say yes, because I think we even need back up in that even if your child doesn't have access to a screen, like you just said, they might have access through a friend or at a friend's mm-hmm. house. So yes. we still need guidance of that. Do you agree yeah, with that, Laura? Totally. And and I have experience with that, like with my nine year old, he likes to play his PlayStation and he likes to play a game that they're all playing at the moment. And, you know, we for for a couple of months had him a complete ban on it. He wasn't allowed to play it at all. And actually, I think that was more damaging to him than him being allowed to play it because all of his friends were playing it. So he was the only one in the class that was kind of out of the loop or the only one on the road that didn't know the new thing in the game. And he would come in upset every day saying they're all playing it and I'm not allowed to play it. Or he would go to a friend's house and he would play it and we'd have no control over what he was doing. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's very interesting. And also, I mean, going back to you, Alwyn, as kind of the expert in the room. um, So two and below, none. What about two to four, let's say, or four to six? Are there actual guidelines? Yeah, there are. It's really, it's about introducing kind of um, screen time slowly but surely and also being very careful about what kind of content that you're Mm. letting them access. Because don't forget, if you think about what, like why were screens actually created like what was the point of a TV you know originally kind of created they were to basically sell so like they're passive devices Mm -hmm. that make us consumers of content and so that's literally kind of what they're doing so we just have to be super mindful about what kind of content you're letting them access so again you know kind of going back to the difference and the distinction between TV and a screen device. I think screen device, it's probably easier to access not appropriate content than on a TV. Mm-hmm. So. Or, or if it's kind of public, if the computer is public. I mean, I I know that kids are attracted to kind of a little bit of the filthy side of life. You know, mm-hmm. when they're four, if you say the word poo, when they get a little bit older, <laughs> anything with they love SEX, it. they yeah. love it. Yeah. So I think if you've unfettered access to mm-hmm. something that within two clicks yeah. can have some pretty crazy content, yeah. I think you kind of be nuts as a parent not to be aware of that. Yeah. And it's, It's all about teaching them, you know, from day one, once you're giving them the device at age appropriate kind of language and level about how to build up their own good habits. Because like Laura was saying, you're not going to be with them all of the time when they're at a friend's house. So you have to actually teach them to have boundaries themselves. You need to help them to be able to make a good decision or if they find themselves in a situation where they're 10 in somebody Mm. else's room playing Mm. a game and they're like, oh, let's try this and they divert onto something else. And, you know, kind of like kids can often if you if you don't help them have that toolbox um, of how to get out of that situation, then, you know, they can become very exposed to it. So, you know, it's literally about teaching them, well, look at if, you know, if you're playing, that's fine. But if something starts happening and it's not appropriate or it doesn't make you feel good or you feel not okay, Mm. or, you know, kind of if it doesn't feel right, then literally just say, oh, I need to go home or, you know, can I borrow a phone? I need to text my mom to tell her to come pick me up. Or, you know, there is that secret thing where you text the ex do you know about that and And then once once you get the text it's like then you you say I'm on my way kind of thing so it's how how to help them remove themselves so it's the very same thing like when they're introduced to drugs and when they're introduced to sex and alcohol and all these things as they get older obviously because that is going to be part of the world at some point but we need to really look at screens in the same kind of seriousness 
as those uh, topics also with the children yeah, and we and need I'm, to start introducing them to careful screen time and management from the start. Yeah, so. I mean, there's a big difference, I think, between watching, you know, somebody unbox stuff and somebody yeah. baking, which personally I kind of like doing <laughs> with my seven-year-old niece um, than to watching, you know, quite violent, mm-hmm. extreme content. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a big difference with that. Do absolutely. you find that, Avril? Yeah, certainly. With It depends on the content, absolutely. And I, I guess... I try to limit what my kids watch on TV. So we watch a really innocent CBeebies. There's no ads. It's totally age You know that the Night Garden is my favourite. I've already confessed that. And it's really sweet. And my five-year-old, it's, I mean, she'd hate me to admit it, but she'll still watch in the Night Garden mm. with my now three-year-old, you know. I'm 37. I still watch it. It's fabulous. And it's really sweet <laughs> and it's very innocent. And actually I found because my three-year-old was sick yesterday, so we watched it all on TV because she didn't want to do anything else and she wasn't bad yeah. for him. But it was really interesting. When I sat beside her, she yapped away mm throughout the whole thing telling me what was on the TV what colour their shoes so it were it became an element it of connection it was really interactive when I left the room she sat That's there completely really spaced out and I came yeah. back in she was like mommy and look at this now isn't this really funny and I, then I was I was interacting with her so I felt less guilty I felt like okay, this is kind of an interacting active experience yeah. um, I think it really depends on, on the content because my kids don't have screens they don't have access to iPads but I know some of their friends do and some of the content is, can be quite aggressive and there's a lot of flick through, particularly with YouTube, because there's a lot of pop up mm. ads which are completely inappropriate. And I've witnessed a lot of kids being exposed to ads that were not appropriate. And then you're kind of wondering, well, like, what's the effect? And, and, and certainly my kids have if they're in their friend's house or if mm. they happen to see the iPad in the house because my kid knows what's on YouTube and she can find the cartoon she wants. But I have to put a limit on it. And I do. And I'm much more conscious now than I was, let's say, you know, two or three years ago. And it was interesting mm-hmm. what you were saying about no screen times for kids between zero to two. Like, I'm guilty of being in a restaurant and popping up the phone. I think we and all are. Putting on I, Peppa yeah. Pig because I want to have a cup of coffee for 10 minutes without somebody bothering me, you know. And so I think we've all done that. But I wasn't aware of the impact of that four years mm-hmm. ago. And I think I'm a lot a of mums more conscious be of aware. it now. Yeah. No, yeah. and I think... Every parent listening will be guilty of that. Yeah. I think I think zero to two or definitely one to two is a time when you will give your child a screen or, or a phone when you're in a, a cafe or a restaurant because that's a time when they're most Well, it's better than a gag. And, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> you can't know, do that in When they're a little yeah. bit older, you could reason with them or give them some colours. But when they're kind of one to two, they, they're more likely to run all over the place. So yeah, if you give them a true. phone, they'll sit there. And sometimes as a mum, you just do what you got to do, you know. But Alwyn, the whole thing is like there's no kind of on off switch between the different worlds. So I think kids developmentally, they have quite, you know, a screen up in front of their face. Um, It's very difficult for them to kind of disengage from that, that, which is really challenging. So again, I suppose kind of like a lot of it is the zero to two is the bigger kind of issue is where the brain actually isn't developed enough to be able to deal with all of the sensory information that's coming at and can it from cause developmental delay or what it is can. the information yeah, coming absolutely. out about that it can like without a doubt you talk to any junior infant teacher and they will tell you that there is a huge um, underdevelopment and it's increasing every year with the cohort that come in in the fine motor skills so they can't hold a scissors and cut a page they can't hold a crayon because they're swiping because they're swiping okay. and they're tapping so they're not doing fine motor activity they're just going to end up with massive thumbs and, yeah. well <laughs> big index fingers <laughs> yeah. um, but like that even that knock on effect um, like this year one of the head surgeons in 
a surgical college in London, which the name escapes me now, but he came out in the papers and he was saying, the guys that came in this year, uh, they have the IQ to be surgeons. They do not have the fine motor skills to be surgeons. And he was like, and I 100% blame screens. So, like, he can see it in, so I'm guessing they're around 19, maybe, 18, So they're the first generation, I suppose, that would would have had it for their whole lives, basically. He's like, we're really fearful for this, like, where they, you know, they actually have the intelligence, but they just don't have the manual dexterity that's required to be a surgeon. And, like, that is shocking absolutely shocking it's really interesting you say that about the junior infants because when we had our induction with the school pre-junior infants the teacher said okay for the summer your homework is to do cutting I want you to cut 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 practice using your scissors for the whole summer and then come in to me which was really interesting because now you realise why she was saying that yeah trying to improve the motor skills yeah like all the time I would talk about this a lot on Instagram and all the time I get you know kind of messages in from teachers saying you are so right I'm a junior infant teacher every year it's just getting worse they can't even like you hand them a book they're swiping books and they swipe they don't know how to actually flick like open a book and read through it. They're actually swiping at the the cover of a book. Um, Kind of funny to watch, but like not so great developmentally. And then there's the whole side of the immediate gratification. So if they tap a screen, they get lights, sounds, buzzing, Mm. you know, whatever else. But they're not having to use all of their brain for that. They don't have to wait. There's nothing delayed. Mm. It's immediate. So, you know, how are we training them? That everything is immediate. So So I suppose all that being said... Um, I mean, what I want to kind of hear from you guys is, so how do we advise people at home? What do we do? Like, screens aren't going anywhere. They are a fact of our lives. So what way do we, in an intelligent way, limit the amount of screen time? Or how do you how do you measure it even? Because, I mean, if so, we're not comparing. So TVs are separate. Is that Mm -hmm. what we're saying? Yeah. Well, Or should it be your total screen time? Like. Well, I mean, if you want to be cognizant of your whole screen time, mm-hmm. that's that's one thing. But really and truly the huge impact. So it's not saying that it's fine to plonk them in front of the telly for five hours either. Let <laughs> Great. me just clarify <laughs> that. <laughs> Let's walk out yeah, we're no, done. definitely not. Because, you know, don't forget, as Avril was saying, it's all that social interaction and all that. But I would definitely clarify if it's a screen device to, you know, if, if you need to do something like the dinner or a breastfeed or a some whatever, um, put a timer on your own phone just to bring you back because you know mm-hmm. yourself how, like, you know, you can pop on Instagram for literally five minutes and come off it two hours later, you know. And Alwyn, so. is there a direct link between the amount of screen time vis-a-vis bad behaviour? Like kids that spend more time or a huge amount of time, is there a, like a connection between that and you know, awful behaviour. Um, so, it do, so depending on whatever they're on, so if they're slightly older and they're playing games or things like that. So again, um, it's content based. It's content based. Uh, so definitely if they're playing games, the games can re- release kind of like dopamine and adrenaline. And because, you know, normally they need to be burnt off in the body. And so if it's not burnt off, then, you know, you take the screen away or take them away from the screen, then they have all this built up and all that energy and it needs to be released. Mm. And so it's going to result in tantrums. It's like, you know, I, I was saying this to one of the girls yesterday. They did brain scans on children where they had given them an hour of screen time. So playing, I think it was Minecraft or something like that. Um, and then they compared the results. So they literally gave them the hour and then did an MRI and read the MRI. And they compared that MRI against the MRI of 
somebody who would be a drug user, so taking cocaine. Please tell me there wasn't similar and patterns. The same centres in the brain highlighted wow. in that child from an hour of Minecraft and somebody who would be that's, a drug user. so crazy. But it's the centres it? of addiction. And so if you think about it, all the creators of these use developmental psychologists mm. to figure out how to keep mm. people on longer, how to keep them coming back, mm. how to keep them connected and so on. So, you know, it's actually it's how to create addiction. But and even with television, so you see, like, so Mike will say, one more, Mama, please, one more, five more. They're begging for five more minutes. And Laura, yeah. do you find that with your kids, that there that there's a correlation between the more screen time and bad behaviour or trying to remove definitely, it? Definitely, definitely. And I remember um, on a different Motherboard podcast, Joanna Fortune telling us that they... They literally reach a state of hyper arousal mm-hmm. and there is no talking them down. So once they once the cortisone has reached that level and they're they're on it that long, they're hyped. Yeah. it's going to be a tantrum when they come off. There's no talking yeah. them down. There's no reasoning with them. That mm. it's you've gotten it's to like the cold turkey. Yes, yeah. and you've gotten to the point of no return. So I think that for me and my four kids, my main thing is boundaries. So. They, okay, I find that actually setting rules yes, and sticking yeah. to them, and and finding that sweet spot of before they reach that state. So whether it's an hour or you know, for my nine year old, it might be a little bit longer that he gets because he's kind of doing different things. But it's it's setting boundaries, and they know when it's time to come off, it's time to come off, and and they haven't reached the point of no return yet. And is it hard though, because your kids are different ages, and I know sometimes you know little kids want to be like their older siblings yeah. is it hard to say for let's say for Kyle you're allowed you know more time because he's older is that difficult to get that yes. balance right yes. for you yeah and he, he does get longer and that's because he's older and yeah they, they don't accept that really the little ones but but they get over it they they quite quickly get used to boundaries and, and when it's all the time and you're consistent with it um, they, they just get used to it Thank you so much for Laura. That is like fascinating. And I'm taking notes for all of this for my book in the future on how to raise kids. And <laughs> um, that's the end of part one. Please don't go anywhere. In part two, we'll be discussing the growing trend of the electronic babysitter, as well as examining the effect of our own screen time, which I know I'm so guilty of, um, on our children. Motherboard, proudly brought to you by Lidl's Loopy Loo, the new and extended baby range. part two of our motherboard podcast let's face it I think we're all guilty of indulging in the electronic babysitter from time to time Alwyn what are your thoughts on parents allowing their children extra time on an iPad for some peace and quiet um, I to be honest it's the real world so you know and sometimes it's a question of literally survival um, for the parents totally um, in that moment so you know mindful use of it and I think I said it in the first half as well that it was literally it's just you know just be mindful if you are giving it put a timer on your phone just so that you know that it doesn't absorb two or three hours that it's literally it's like 15 30 minutes whatever it is Um, but you know again once it's carefully done I don't see a problem with that, you know. But And I suppose in a wider context, the danger in some of the background reading, while I had my son sit, f- sitting in front of the television while I did my background <laughs> reading, yeah, like, yeah. you know, for full disclosure, is the worry that it affects your social skills. So if you're only experiencing life through the medium of a, sc- of, of, mm-hmm. of a screen, yeah. how do you learn to communicate, to talk, yeah. to say hello, mm-hmm. to yeah. sit down with other kids? Yeah, Avril, do you find that, that that's a... An Im- like has an impact? Yeah, definitely. Of course it will because it's so passive. It's not engaging or interactive. So, look, 
as long as there's a balance, I think that's key. My kids watch TV. They do watch some cartoons on my on my on my phone. And it depends on the personality of the child because my second is much more malleable and she'll kind of do whatever I say. And if I turn off the TV, it's not a big deal. But it was interesting what you said about that point of no return with the cortisol mm-hmm. level because my, fir- my first will have a complete nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. If she's watching the television for too long and I eventually turned it off, she's like freaking yeah. out because she wants more. So I'm much more mindful now to say, OK, I'm switching it off in five minutes. Yeah. You've got, and sometimes she'll be like, oh, no, mom, please, this is a really good, this is like my favourite one. <laughs> and it's like some cartoon she's never seen before in her life. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of have to say, no, this is what we're going to do. And actually from like, if you repeat something along, they'll get it. Yeah. And you set that boundary and they'll understand, OK, this is what's going to happen. But initially for me, it was a bit of a free for all. I just wasn't aware of the impact. I'm much more mindful now of what's, you know, it's kind of kind and of again, right it's wrong. back to that mindful use. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were talking earlier about how interesting it is that all of the high tech firms, so um, all of their kids go to low tech schools, and um, which I zero kind tech schools, zero actually. tech schools, yeah. so they have no access. Mm. And I mean, to be honest, like Laura, you agree with me? That's totally unrealistic. In kind of to you know, that we think that we're going to get rid of screens altogether. Yeah, I think it's totally unrealistic. And I think, um, as Alwyn, as you've said, it's just the world that we're living in now, you know, and screens are a massive part of our lives now. The same way, you know, online shopping wasn't around when our parents were were you know, raising mm. their kids and now it is. I think we just adapt. And I think, as we've all said, it's just about being mindful and setting boundaries and, and teaching our children that it, you can't have a screen all day, every day. But when they do have it, that you don't feel guilty for them having it when you need them to have it or, yeah. or when they've worked up for that reward. Yeah, I mean, and something that I am very aware of is I think I'm addicted to my phone. I mean, really? I mm. I remember the last time I didn't have my phone very clearly. It was this time last year my phone smashed. And I mean, I literally mm. nearly had a nervous mm. breakdown. Yeah. I missed nothing. Mm. Nothing mm. happened in my absence. The world did not <laughs> stop turning. But I know myself that it will be it's it's myself I need to set boundaries for before I can attempt to set them on other people. And do you yeah. find that like your own use can Impact. bleed into your kids' use? Absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, kind of your your child's world essentially for the first kind of formative years, you are their world. And if you are on your phone all the time, you're actually kind of it's like a subtle nuance that you're transmitting to say this is a valuable thing Mm -hmm. it gets x amount of my time and you know like so this is like it's important and so then they're going to feel that it is important so they will want they want they want in on the action they're like what is this thing that is so important I Mm. want to have a look at it give me you know and they're they start reaching for it then they start turning it on then they start you know so um, it's literally how you and I would always say you know like I said to you guys earlier I'm really lucky mine are 12 and 14 and I was very late to the um, kind of to the screen party yeah (laughs) Yeah. I was one of those old Nokia's I was the die hard (laughs) I resisted for as long as possible Um, and then I had the very first version of an iPhone for also as long as possible but you know so I didn't have that kind of you know like attraction to my own phone so my kids didn't have that transmitted but now I think I'd hate to be a new parent now because like that I do I I actually mm. 
love my phone and I would do a lot of work on my phone but it's work it's part of her life but like it? my children don't get that and they're 12 and 14 they don't get that it's actually work that I'm not sitting there playing games and that I'm not you know doing something else and so even at 12 and 14 they don't get that uh, so can you imagine if you've got like a little three year old they're not going to understand yeah. that actually I'm doing an email or mm. you know like I'm working That's so here interesting because I, I was having a chat with a friend of mine recently and I was saying you know role modelling is really important and I'm, yeah. I'm much more mindful that when I'm older because I'm raising girls and the impact of social media on their health and well-being is really important and as they grow I'll have to get off my phone less but actually it's now that they're learning and I am yeah. the centre of their universe and if they yeah. see me on the phone they don't know the distinction between social and work yeah. and yeah. if I say to them working they don't, they don't understand that no, but no, then no. you can set the best boundaries you like at home Absolutely. but a lot of schools are now using iPads so it's yeah. It, I think it's really difficult for parents to get that balance right. Yeah. yeah. You know, like and that's you going could, back to, again, it's like if you think about who funds the iPads. Exactly. What, it's yeah, like what those big beasts, the, the tech companies, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg's kids know like phones, screens, anything. Bill Gates didn't let his kids have computer until they were 16 and at that point it was in the kitchen so that they could monitor it so you know I kind of think they're the guys that have the marketing budget so they can over kind of power what we're trying to say and just to bring a little bit of mindfulness and Mm. actually kind of go you know there are impacts and we really need to just be just be mindful of like how that's but actually also understand used. that watching five hours of baking can be really really yeah. good fun <laughs> yeah. so we all absolutely <laughs> and we all need some days of, of that too you know so um, yeah but there are some positives I mean I, I certainly do yeah. I mean there are educational aspects and I think I mean Laura you've said like you know that there's qual there's a quality time a- a- aspect within the family. Yeah, definitely. And and like we love to watch a movie at the weekend, the the Saturday night movie, you know, and all sit down and watch that. And I think the important thing is is that, you know, you if if they're using screens that you're sitting there and you're chatting about it and they're not just sat in a room watching disengaged. Yeah, yeah. watching a screen I mean, that does happen for hours. But as long as there's some kind of a balance, it's okay. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, the the screen time that my son has, um, he'll talk to his friends online. And I love that aspect of it, actually. And that was something that I didn't know about. I didn't know that you had that whole communication. Yeah, I know so I he, sound like a right div, but I really didn't. Well, now didn't. there's two different types as well. There's They can talk to their friends or they can talk to strangers. And the strangers... the hell out of me. Yeah, and I, I put his headset on and I heard some unsavoury comments, I'll, I'll say. So that aspect is turned off for him, but he can talk to his friends. And I think that's really good for his social skills. They'll kind of, they'll learn, they'll But parents need to stuff. be aware of those things because I yeah. certainly wasn't. Yeah. And I'm sure some people listening at home mightn't be. And mm. kids are smart. They, you know, they'll only tell you what they feel that you need to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, think a lot like, of people will be like, who are you talking to? And they'll say, oh, you know, my friend Paddy, yeah. who's 47 yeah. and lives yeah. in, yeah. And lives <laughs> New in Mexico. Mexico. No, and, so exactly. and I know that's uh, like visual. <laughs> we're laughing now, but that actually is a reality, you know, Absolutely. because there, I have put the headset on and there is men on it or there there yeah. is strangers. So I think it's important for parents to get educated on it themselves. So have you know? a listen and have a listen what, and do a bit happening. of research yeah. and, and have have the guidelines. So, sorry, sorry. wasn't there something about recently about Fortnite um, where like there was a lot of grooming? going yes. on yeah. so Fortnite yeah. was a game Fortnite is a game yeah okay. and it's, it's and kids are addicted to it and that's yeah that's the one that Kyle plays and 
And I think for some parents, yes, the, the child could easily say, oh, I'm just talking to my friends. And they're not. They could be talking to anybody. Mm, they could yeah. be fed any kind of information or groomed, yeah. as you say. Yeah. So it's about the putting parental control in place, you know, and, and, and remembering you still are the parent, yeah. you know, even if they are playing this game, you don't know a lot so the about iPad it. iPad will not rule us. Yeah. I am parent, <laughs> not yeah. you. Kind of, you know, like I was saying earlier, like helping them understand yes. when they come to that, yes. like this is how you do it. So you never speak to somebody that you don't know in person yeah. that you don't like actually physically meet yeah. physically day yes. to day um, because then you know like if, if you kind of provide them with that information and you know like that's been understand. ingrained yeah. then when they're like presented with the opportunity yeah. then they're able a little bit more yeah. not or savvy the, or and if not they're like in their friend's smart, house but it's just exactly or if they're in their friend's house and you know they might be doing that they might say oh no my mum said you know that's dangerous or I can't do that or you know that they yeah. might or yeah. with the, the hope extreme. do that somewhere else I visited my nephew who's 10 or he's 11 now and I met him the next day but he had a sleepover in his friend's house and he got to bed at four in the morning because they were playing Fortnite till four in the morning and the mum didn't realise and he had like four hours sleep and he was like he couldn't even communicate with me he was so tired and I was like this is really alarming I know this is what kids are doing and it's a whole world I have to face in a few years time but it kind of did set alarm bells off that yeah. where is the guidance what are what's right and wrong and I think yeah. a common sense approach is key as well isn't it yeah, I think that's another thing as well is that a child a child is never really coming off a screen themselves mm. they're never going to say oh mum you know You're I've had my hour right. I'm you yeah. know I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not to the oh, point f- of no return minutes here. I'm going to come yeah. off yeah. now and there you yeah. go There, I'll give it back to yeah. you they're yeah. just not doing that no. you know and they will stay up till four o'clock in the morning if they I have know. it but I think it's just about being mindful as a parent yeah. of putting the boundaries in place and yeah. trying to and be two steps to ahead of them yeah. as well you know and, yeah. and taking the iPads out of their room at night time or yeah. you know whatever it is I think we do have to put a caveat in I, mean, I think it is with parents who have children with sensory difficulties um, I was going to say you know next, yeah. there can be huge benefits mm, and absolutely. are like can be massively beneficial that kids that would have never been able to go out and have a meal with their families yeah. with the use or communicate exactly you know, like yeah, even amazing. say for like non-verbal autism things like that they're an absolute lifesaver they transform family life um, you know and they really just help and are key and so you and know, can do amazing good, you know, 100%. like children that had z- literally no voice yeah. now have a yeah, means of communication, absolutely. which is amazing. And so be super mindful. Actually, I had a message in from a, a mum I just mentioned earlier that, um, you know, her son is nonverbal autistic and they were out for a meal and he had the iPad because he was communicating with them through it. And a lady went over and read her the right act because her son had a screen. And she was absolutely distraught. And I was like, goodness, you know, like, really, we shouldn't be judging anybody else at all. Because you just never know the story behind or what's going on in the family or the dynamic or like where people are in their lives or their day or whatever. And it's just... Mind your own business. It's kind of absolutely. And we really should be supporting each other. And I think this is an amazing kind of podcast that we're just trying to bring a little bit of mindfulness. But also being realistic. And absolutely. I played three hours of two dots today already. (laughs) And just remember that mums are doing their best. You know, so if if they are giving their child a screen. Like when when I had my last two babies, 
babies. My other babies were a year, a year old or a year and a half. And mm. when I was trying to breastfeed, they were given a screen and I was yeah. doing it my was best. complete survival. And totally. it actually yeah. encouraged you to breastfeed for longer because but you exactly. actually could. Yes, or if, I'm, yeah. if I go to make the dinner, the TV will be turned on yeah. and they'll get a healthy dinner. So it's just you know? that's okay. Yeah, like making them informed. And what are the decisions. positives with the educational apps for kids? You know, how good are they? The educational ones are the educational apps. I'm trying to make myself feel better that if they, if they ever <laughs> use them is it doing them good I'm like stop looking at me to I'm answer sorry. this <laughs> thanks very much but your other parents will want to You'll know it's to okay I'm fine they're, they're, they're learning yeah, no. they're doing their maths or whatever well, like, is that good or bad yeah no there are some there are some that are good but there are some that are terrible like okay. just horrendous um, and I just think you know kind of like in the early stages and again I keep harping back because the early stages do lay the foundations for everything coming yeah. so really so if you, you lay know, the foundation for so good behaviour so lay the foundations yeah. like yeah. you know kind of like for even for language Mm -hmm. um, comprehension speech and all that fine motor skills zero to two they're the key points so really there is no app there's no need for anything at Mm. that point you are their Mm -hmm. world and I need to find Felix's hidden iPad it's somewhere in that house at six months like they learn how to (laughs) make shapes and how to you like make shapes with their mouth and you know so for talking and so on but that they don't learn from an iPad so as they get a little bit older you're right you know um, but you know that mid-Atlantic twang that a lot of kids now Mm. have that they all sound (laughs) the same and like certain words and it's like where did you hear that? When we came back from London I remember saying it's so interesting that my two year old has maintained her English accent my husband's like that's Peppa Pig Peppa Pig everyone's not her UK accent George (laughs) yeah Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah no I like there are a couple but just like going back to your question of the apps Sure. Um, and again, it's kind of mindful stuff. So there's there's a couple of really good maths ones. Um, and I'm sure there's English. Like um, my background, obviously. Can like I get those maths. for me? Yeah, let us know later what they are <laughs> yeah. so that um, we can share them with other moms. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it'd be really good to actually have a list. I think in a lot of the research that we all seem to have been doing, the messages are very mixed and I think for parents at home it is really difficult to get clear information yeah. on what's okay and what's not yeah. um, and also be realistic you know um, I would like to thank my wonderful panel for joining me today it's been really really interesting and I hope um, people at home have gotten a good bit out of it I, and thank you so much for listening um, I know that sometimes it can be really really overwhelming with the world of screens and iPads and everything and I hope this will make it slightly easier to navigate through that um, you can subscribe to our motherboard podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and don't forget to rate and review as we'd love to hear your feedback thanks so much and have a great day motherboard proudly brought to you by Lidl's loopy loop the new and extended baby range